You love school. That's not something you hear every day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome school year. I know some of you guys are like starting this week. Some of you guys might be a couple weeks out. But I hope you guys have an amazing school year this year. Uh, we're starting off this school year with a series called I Am. Okay, everybody say, I Am. So there's a lot of opinions. Wow, that is definitely bright. I feel like, oh. All right. There's a lot of opinions out there about who Jesus is. You have opinions. Other people have opinions. Some of those are right. Some of those are wrong. But who did Jesus say he was? Who did he identify himself to be? That's what this series is about. And I got to be honest with you guys. Can I be honest with you guys? Some of the things that Jesus said on the surface were really weird and didn't make sense. Like the one we're talking about tonight, imagine the most influential character in human history comes down and he tells everyone, who are you? He tells everyone, I am bread. It's a little weird, right? He said, I am bread. Now what kind of bread was Jesus talking about? Was it the bread you put with your sandwich? Was it breaded chicken? Was it that money bread? Anybody got that bread yet? What was Jesus talking about when he says, I am bread? It's a weird thing to say, right? I like bread too, but I don't call myself bread. So it's a weird thing to say, but in order for this to make sense, I have to tell you a story. Because when Jesus says, I am bread, I am the bread of life. It's more than just like this weird thing that Jesus said. It's actually something that has profound meaning for your life. So if you're open to what God has to say to you tonight, listen to this. I have to start by telling you guys the story of a people. The story begins with a people group who are bound in chains. You good there? All right. Stop. They're bound in chains, being oppressed for many years, crying out to God. Because God promised them that he would make them prosperous and give them a land. But here they are oppressed and in chains. And God hears their prayers and God sends a leader called Moses to help them. And through different plagues and different trials, you guys have heard the story before maybe, that God frees the Israelites from the Egyptians and they go out and they cross the Red Sea. And it's just this amazing scene where God saves them. But then after that, they're stuck in the wilderness. After they cross the Red Sea, they're stuck in the wilderness. And God has to provide for them. They're in the wilderness because they disobeyed God. They started worshiping idols rather than worshiping God for taking them out of Egypt. And so they're stuck in this wilderness, but God still provides for them by literally making it rain bread from heaven. It wasn't the money kind of bread. Can we show the picture real quick? I thought this picture was funny. Can you guys see it? No? Are we good looking? We're good back there? Is it working? Give me a thumbs up if it's working. There we go. So I thought this picture was pretty funny. This is like a super old picture from like medieval times. And it's supposed to be of God making it rain, rain manna on people. But I thought it looked like there's like a machine gun shooting a bunch of like marshmallows. So I thought it was funny. But God provides bread from heaven for them. Literally. It's like it's raining Krispy Kreme down. Okay? Every day. Now, that would make me feel a little bit sick, but those Krispy Kreme donuts 
could be pretty uh, addicting. My record is like, it's like eight or 10 or something like that. I was just on a roll that day. But that's a side note. But then eventually they get to go into the promised land. And then they celebrate this feast, remembering all that God did for them, taking them out of the land of Egypt. And they celebrate it with this feast called the Passover. And that is important for our story today, for the context of it, because John starts out our story in John chapter 6, verse 4. This is what he says. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Now, that's like a random statement that you might see in your Bible, but it might not mean much to you, but it means a lot for this story. The Jewish Passover festival is near, and Jesus was teaching people at this place, kind of in the middle of nowhere, not close to a town where they could get food, on the side of this place called the Sea of Galilee, which is like this really big lake in Israel, the biggest lake that they had. So he's teaching them, and everybody gets really hungry. Anybody really hungry right now? Maybe some of you guys, some of you guys. Anybody just eat, but you're still hungry? Okay, I know. I know what that feels like being middle school, high school. You're just always hungry. It's okay. It goes away eventually, sort of. But they're really hungry, and this little kid comes, and he's got like two fish and five loaves of bread. And Jesus says, okay, I can turn this into something greater. And he multiplies it. And he feeds over 5,000 people. This big crowd that you see, this is from the TV show, The Chosen. And they got 2,000 people here. And that looks like a lot of people, but more than double that is how many people Jesus actually fed in this miracle. And after this, there were 12 baskets left over full of food. The number 12 matters because there's 12 tribes of Israel. And the 12 tribes of Israel were kind of like 12 states, if you will. And God provided for his people, the 12 tribes of Israel, back in that story when they're in the wilderness. And here we see Jesus showing us himself providing for people. And he's trying to point us to something. And people remember that story. And it made them look at Jesus and think, maybe this is the Messiah that we've heard of. Maybe this is the person that we've heard of who's going to take away our sins, who's going to save us. Because in John 6, 14, it says, After people saw the the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So they thought, there's something special about this Jesus guy. He might be that Messiah. He's probably that Savior. And they tried to like grab him and force him to be king. But Jesus went to this mountain to hide. And his disciples went across the lake. And Jesus caught up with them later because he just started walking on water like a boss. And they were out there in the middle of this storm in the ocean. And they see this guy that they thought was a ghost. And they're like, what the heck? There's a ghost out there. But it's your boy Jesus. And he's like walking on water. And they're, and they're like, it's Jesus. He says, they say, who are you? And he responds and he says, I am. The name that God identified himself with to Moses in the Old Testament. And that's where we pick up our story tonight. The Passover is really connected to what we're talking about tonight. So that's why I mention it to you guys. John chapter 6, verse 25 through 27. The people took their own boats across the lake. And when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs 
I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Here's the deal. Don't miss the Panera point. How many of you guys like Panera? Some of you guys. To be honest with you, I'm not a big Panera guy, but here's why I put Panera in there. G- Panera is a place where people like to go, eat bread, eat bagels. Jesus is making a point about the bread that he gave them, about the food and the meal that he just gave them. He's making a point about the bread, but they're missing it. They're missing the Panera point. I want to ask you guys, when you're hungry, where do you go? The Panera. The Panera. Chick-fil-A. In and out. I have like some different places to go. I like to go to In-N-Out, but then I also have what I call the Trinity of the Seas, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Canes for me. That's my holy Trinity of the Seas, In-N-Out. I got to be honest with you guys. This one thing happened where my bank, my bank app on my phone, it wants me to like budget or whatever. And so it, it had this, I know, it's like, dude, you got a problem. This is how you know you have a problem, okay? So my bank has this thing pop up and it was like, how much money do you think you spent on In-N-Out last month? And it gives me like this multiple choice question of like different numbers. One was like 50, one was like 100, one was more, I don't remember. But I just kind of put what I thought it was and I got it wrong, it was higher. I don't remember what the number was, but it's pretty high. But that's where I like to go when I'm hungry. These people, they just got fed by Jesus, this miraculous meal, and then they travel all the way across this sea, this lake, this really big lake. Now it's really hard to get all of you guys to summer camp sometimes, Sadie and Brooke. It's really hard because there's a bunch of you guys and we gotta carpool everybody. But could you imagine how hard it is to get thousands of people across a sea? So they do this and it's a lot of hard work and they get all the way over here and Jesus is like, you're wasting your time because you're working so hard just to eat food that you're gonna get hungry again. But then Jesus starts to tell them about this other kind of food that they can have where they're never hungry again. They miss the point. Do you ever do that? Do you ever like work really, really hard for something and then you get the thing and then it just wasn't enough and then you're hungry again? Maybe not just with food, but with other stuff too. Like maybe with your sport, you try really, really hard. You wanna get really good for this one game And you get to that game, you win that game, and then the game is over, and then what's next? The next game. Or you're like, this semester or this school year, please don't eat in here, guys. Please don't eat in here. This semester or this school year, I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to get good grades. And then you do that, you accomplish it, and then there's always next semester. Or maybe you're like, okay, I'm going to try to get popular. And then you get there and then that popularity can fall apart just like that with one day of drama. Or maybe some of you guys are like, God, please give me a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And you're like so desperate. And you're like, I don't want to be single anymore. And then you finally get that boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And it just kind of wasn't that great. And then it's on to the next thing. There's so many things. I'm not saying all boyfriends and girlfriends are bad. Don't mishear me here. Obviously I had a girlfriend that she became my wife. So, but the point is, there's so many things that we seek after, that we hunger after, that it's that temporary satisfaction and then we're hungry again. And Jesus is like, you're doing so much work to be satisfied in the moment. Jorge, sit by Devin right now. 
You're doing so much work to be satisfied in the moment when you're just going to get hungry again. And Jesus is trying to point you to something. I know there's distractions. I get that. But Jesus is trying to point you guys to something tonight. Something that can actually satisfy you. Something greater. And maybe you come to God and you ask him for those things. Like, God, please give me good friends so I can be popular. You know, it's great to have friends. It's great to have relationships. It's great to have good grace. It's great to pursue these good things. But what happens is we get so focused on the good things that we're just always hungry for the next good thing. And it never really fills us. Because chasing after good things and missing out on the best thing will make you miserable. Because the good things are good. But they're never good enough. Only one thing is good enough to where you won't hunger again. But the good news is Jesus says there is a food that doesn't spoil, that endures to eternal life. John 6, 28 through 29. He continues and he says, they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. You guys know that kid in PE that's like always trying so hard, you know, and some of you guys, that's, I mean, that's been me before, especially boys. Maybe the boys are trying to impress the girl like, okay, I'm going up for kickball and then they miss the ball. You know, they're trying so hard and I get sometimes you just got to let out that aggression, right? And PE class might be the place to do it for you. But sometimes in PE, man, you just got to chill out. Sometimes you're just like, man, I'm just trying to get my way through this class. And this dude's trying to peg me in the face with a dodgeball. Don't be a tryhard. Don't be a tryhard, you guys. With our faith, we shouldn't be tryhards. Now, let me explain what that means. We've all been here before. We've all been like this guy in the picture where you're trying to open a door that's a push or pull door, but you're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do. And you're just kind of stuck there. I don't know what the Midville School for them. I don't know what that means. So if that's something bad, just ignore it. But the point is the guy with the door. We've all been there before. Well, we're working. I've done this. I'm working so hard to open this door. And I think it's locked. But all I had to do was pull it open rather than push it open. And they're asking Jesus, if we had to work this hard just to seek after the food that's going to make us hungry again. You're telling us about a food that will make us never hungry again. So we must have to work extra hard for that food. Right, Jesus? And Jesus' response to them was, here's the work you have to do. It's not cross the sea with thousands of people. It's not go to church every day. Although that's good about learning about God. It's not reading your Bible every day. It's not being perfect in all these ways. He says, this is what you have to do. Believe. Really, he's saying, believe in me. To believe in the one that God has sent. That's Jesus. But in our faith, we try so hard. But God gives us the easy answer. You're pushing on that door when it's already open for you to just believe in Jesus and receive everything God has for you. And so they're like, okay, Jesus, well, we'll believe. But they kind of had these doubts and they're skeptical and their response is kind of like our response sometimes. It's what they say in chapter 6 verse 30. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Show us a sign and we'll believe you. 
What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. They say, Jesus, you say we need to believe in you because you're sent by God. Well, give us a sign. They're kind of like this guy in the cartoon, just skeptical, like, prove it. Do you guys remember, like, literally yesterday, Jesus fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread? This happened in the story. This was literally yesterday. These same people. Well, Jesus, prove it. Because Passover was coming up, and you remember that story where, like, God provided for the people, Moses provided for the people in the wilderness, and that was a sign that made the people believe in Moses. And Jesus responds, Moses didn't do nothing. Moses didn't make it rain Krispy Kreme from the sky. It wasn't Moses' idea to come up with cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That was God's idea. That's probably where they got the, the thing from, by the way. I don't know. You guys ever seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. Maybe mixed opinions about that movie. But it wasn't Moses. It was God who gives you this bread. But God wants to give you a better bread than that. Because the people who had that bread got hungry again. He wants to give you a bread that gives us life to the world. And they said, all right, give us this bread. So here it is. Here's the main point Jesus is trying to get across to us tonight. John 6, 35 through 40. Then Jesus declared, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am. And that was weak. Everybody say, I am. Here's the I am statement tonight. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have not come down from heaven. I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Here's the deal. Jesus will satisfy your hunger. He's saying, remember that story, that bread from heaven in the Old Testament? Is pointing to me. Remember when I was doing that miracle and feeding you guys? I wasn't just being a good caterer. Jesus didn't come to be a caterer of food. He came to point us to himself as the bread of life. And he said, you can have this eternal bread if you believe in me. If you stop trying to chase after stuff that maybe fills you in the moment but makes you hungry again. If you stop going after the food that spoils and go for the food that endures to eternal life. If you believe in me. And then you will have a life where you're going to be satisfied whether or not you're popular. You're going to be satisfied whether or not you got straight A's. You're going to be satisfied whether or not you're the best kid on your team. You're going to be filled. You're going to be satisfied whether or not you have success. You're no longer going to be hungry for hope because you have Jesus, the source of all hope. You're no longer famished for a relationship with God because of your sin, but now you're filled with Him. You're close to Him 
because he freely gives you the bread of life. And then, after this amazing statement, Jesus says something that makes everybody walk away from him. Something really, he just takes it to another level. This is what he says, down in verse 49. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. You will only be saved and have eternal life if you eat Jesus' flesh. That's what he said. Pull up that slide right there. Look up for us. You will only get this if you eat Jesus' flesh. Fast forward down the same passage. All right, I'll just show you guys where he says it like verbatim. I'm blinking right here. Here we go. Where, guys, I totally lost my spot. You guys ever do that? Oh, here we go. This is verse 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's kind of weird stuff to say, right? Whoever, verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. This is what Jesus is saying. And you know what this made me think of? It made me think of Pirates of the Caribbean too. You guys see this part? Where Jack Sparrow is like running from the cannibals. You know, at first they're like worshiping him and uh, they're like bowing down to Jack Sparrow. And then they like tie him up and put him over the fire and he's escaping. He's running from the cannibals. Because people hear Jesus say this, they're like, Jesus, you just went from like, okay, I'm the bread of life. That's kind of weird. But then you just went to like, it sounds like you're talking about cannibalism, Jesus. What are you doing? This is weird. Well, Jesus isn't talking about cannibalism, in case you didn't figure it out. We're not a bunch of cannibals here. There's not like some secret room down in the basement where we actually eat people. Okay, it's not like that. This is what Jesus is saying. And you know what? Sometimes you, you got to wonder. This is what I'm telling you guys. Sometimes Jesus phrases stuff. It's like, Jesus, why did you phrase it like that? Why did you have to phrase it so weird? But I think Jesus says things. And there's things in the Bible that you might look at and you're like, man, that's weird. Or I don't really know how I feel about that. Or I have doubts about that. I think God words things a certain way in his word for us to feel challenged. For us to feel doubts. So that we would search for him. To find the meaning of what he's really trying to tell us. Because if you never have doubts, then you don't ever really have faith. If you never doubt anything, your faith is weak. Your faith is completely weak. It's like you're never working out. If you never work out, you're going to be weak. Never lift weights, you're going to be weak. In the same way, having those doubts and challenges and finding the answers and finding the truth strengthens our faith. And so when we see something like this, we have to ask, what does Jesus mean? Because sometimes people can say, well, I love what Jesus said about forgiving others, but I don't really love what Jesus said about God's design for sexuality or marriage. People can say, I love what Jesus said about loving your neighbor and being the good Samaritan. But when Jesus says, take, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me, I don't like that very much. But if you really want to follow Jesus, you will take the time to be challenged and understand what it means. And that's 
where the eternal life comes in. That's where God really starts to shape your heart to be like him. So what did Jesus actually mean? He means that he needs to be your source of life. That just like you depend on food to survive, you depend on him each and every day of your life. Because like I mentioned, there's all these things you go to that make you hungry again. But if you go to Christ, you'll never be hungry again. So you rely on him for that. Do you know how they make bread? They make bread. It's kind of like a violent process if you're the plant. It kind of sucks for you because they tear it out of the ground. They, they tear apart the wheat and the tares. They get the little kernels of the wheat and then they crush it. And then they crush it into this fine little powder. They mix in some water and maybe some leaven or yeast or whatever. Then they put it under intense heat and then it rises. And then it is bread that can give you life. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Did you know that Jesus was crushed for your sin? For everything that you did wrong, all the times that you disobeyed God, ran from him, Jesus was crushed for your sin. And he went through it, the intense suffering of the cross, the wrath of God, the heat of hell and died in your place. And then three days later, he rose. And he says, I'm the bread of life that gives life to the world. And this is the work that you have to do to have this bread of life. Just believe in him. We're closing with this. There's a survey of the top three things that people love to hear. Number one is I love you. Number two is I forgive you. Number three was dinner's ready. That's a true story. That's number three of what people love to hear. Here's the deal. When Jesus says to you, listen, listen. When Jesus says to you, I'm the bread of life. He's saying, I'm your provider. I came here to die for your sins, to be crushed for your sins, to rise from the grave for you so you can have eternal life. He's saying, I love you. I forgive you. And dinner's ready. And you don't have to ever be hungry again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight.